0: So this week we're talking about uncovering a sense of perspective and it's our fifth week doing the follow along of Finding Water by Julia Cameron and I'm excited to dive in with it with you today.
1: Yeah, I I feel like I got quite a lot from this. There were sections where, I mean, as with all of it, bits that stick and bits that don't but the bits that stuck, have re- I've really, I feel like I've really got a lot from it this week. How about you?
0: Same, I feel kind of like, well, this chat, this one came right before not chronologically, linearly before the uncovering a sense of safety. And I just found like a lot of overlap between that week and this week and yeah. And I just really love the emphasis on feeling kind of spiritually connected to your sense of your like inner artist, your your higher self, your whatever you want to call it.
1: Mm, Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree. This chapter felt, it, in parts, really spiritual, which I loved. I feel like that's kind of challenging for me sometimes. So yeah. I welcome, I welcome the challenge. I welcomed that this week with her prompts. Yeah, it was really nice. So, should what was, we? What was your favorite, or how do you want to start? Well, I was just going to say, should we just talk a bit generally about what this week was? Kind of sense of yeah. perspective. I, sure. I feel like her little intros are really good at, at giving a flavor of what the the general vibe is. Right. This is just the bit I highlighted from her intro that I really liked. So uncovering a sense of perspective, you are asked to imagine yourself larger and more sure-footed than you may feel yourself to be. And I really liked that as a kind of intro to this chapter. And she talks about feeling connected to something larger and that idea that, I guess if you can feel expanded in that way, it really just supports your inspiration and ability to stick at it. I think that's kind of what I took from that. How about you?
0: I feel very similarly. And just the idea of you are larger than you think you are. (laughs) Mm, It's beautiful. Um, Yeah. And not something that I come to the page with very often. Like, Like if I'm in flow or something, that that state like that broader awareness will definitely come in but if I'm blocked or I'm like thinking I'm stuck on something I don't usually invite you know that kind of awareness in more consciously and so I think that this chapter was like no do that
1: yeah (laughs) you know like you have
0: help you have like your unseen friends and they're here to support you and make stuff with you and that's just not a way we're used to talking about the process
1: a hundred percent and you know what like so as you know i i've been watching or i have now finished the sandman on netflix i'm very late to the party it came out a long time ago fine i was really sick and i binge watched sandman anyway and i what i loved was this parallel between this chapter and the last there's like two short kind of bonus stories at the end of the series and one of them is about a writer who essentially holds one of the muses hostage and treats her in a, it it has like an abusive relationship with her in order to extract inspiration. Mm. And she says to him, free me. And he's like, no, I can't free you because I need to stay inspired. And she's like, all you have to do is ask. Mm. And I just, it felt like it was just, first of all, it's just a wonderful, little mini episode but I loved that in relation to this because it's true like that feeling of you need to work hard to feel inspired or feel like you are writing something that's like worthy of being written or kind of whatever just it's such a simple statement like just ask like just ask for help ask for inspiration and that idea of being so direct and coming to the page with that you know, just kind of putting it out there to whatever you feel inspiration is in the world, whatever that means to you. I just, I really like it. I really like having that direct approach. And it's something that I've definitely leaned into this week.
0: Mm -hmm. Just ask. Nice. Yeah, I agree. And I love this idea of, well, she has some exercise, like some divining rods or basically exercises of, asking for guidance right and it made me think a lot about automatic writing Mm, um, mm. and like discussions of how like there's a part of your awareness that knows and -hmm. people have obviously all kinds of like the muse is one metaphor she calls it the great artist in this chapter your higher self whatever so people have different ways of like metaphors of talking about that aspect of yourself that is like connected to the universe um, where am I going with this? But like, so there like, there are tools that you can use of just like writing exercises that you could just use to, even if you're like faking it until you make it, right? Like often when I start and I started doing this exercise that she recommends, which we can go into a little bit later if you want. Mm-hmm. But whenever, when I started doing it, I was just like, is this just me in my human, like limited awareness or like, wh- what am I tapping into right now? Like, can I trust this voice that's coming through? You know, like and the I think it just comes down to you kind of have to because you know what's the alternative. Like what else? To yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? totally. Like, why not just trust it and see what happens and like maybe yeah. you'll go down a corner that you don't that doesn't quite work, but at least you'll be in motion about it.
1: Yeah. And that really for me the best part of this chapter was the section on humility mm. and what would you do if you were more open and coming from a more humble place and I literally had to look up like really what does that mean to be more humble like to to have humility like what is that and I found it so incredibly useful because I feel like I write off so much support and stuff because mm-hmm. I'm coming from this place of oh, it might not be very good or, oh, it works for other people, but not for me. Like, that's really, I feel that so acutely about stuff. Like, I don't know, what's an example? Well, she gives the example of writer's workshops and she's like, just go, just go. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, do you know what? Yeah, I probably should just go. And Mm -hmm. the part of me that's like, oh, it just won't work for me. I'm like, okay, let's be a little bit more humble here. Why won't it? Why does it work for others and not for you? Like, what what (laughs) makes you the exception? you know what I, I mean really. like, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so like let's get a grip here what's the worst that could happen and the best yeah. that could happen is you know well all kinds of good stuff make amazing connections feel inspired you know there's loads to be gained I guess from coming at things from a more humble place so yeah my list one of the prompts is to write write down five things that you would do if you were coming from that more humble more open place and I wrote my list and I was like yeah yeah it's a good list I should really get on (laughs) it
0: oh I felt so similarly it was like I'm definitely making excuses to not do these things in my life and Mm. I mean like to be fair obviously you can not do all of everything at once sure so yeah yeah like have patience for yourself of course Mm. but there's so many things we can act on that we just don't because yeah this one time it didn't
1: work for me. And it's like, well, that was that one time and you're a different person now, so. Completely. And I find, I feel really similarly with it about like best practice things. And you Mm -hmm. and I have spoken loads on the podcast about like the way that you're meant to write. And I think that feels really layered to me because some of that was what was coming up on my, if I was a bit more humble, I would, I don't know, like read more books on writing craft or like be more open to some of that stuff that's more taught I guess like the taught element of doing of making which I feel like I have a I reject quite strongly on impulse just based on like no don't give me rules it yeah and actually I'm probably really denying myself some really good learning so yeah, yeah I'm I'm excited to give some things a go coming from that place that's so exciting it also makes me think
0: of so I. This week has been really interesting because I'm like we so I'm looking at things through the perspective of perspective, <laughs> <laughs> right? And I I found myself like revisiting like Neil Gaiman's masterclass, and then also I picked up David Lynch's book Catching the Big Fish on it's on meditation, consciousness, and creativity, and both of them at some point and like I guess in interviews and things to say something about how of uh, what is it so basically they like work with like like the first draft is not considered anything like it's like you're figuring it out right yeah and this is like a very common idea like if shitty first drafts whatever but I think one thing that made me see it differently was them talking about like walking you through their their process of like oh, I'll get this fragment and then I'll get this other piece. And I won't know how, like, this is David Lynch basically talking about, like, I won't Mm. know how they fit together. And I just kind of wait because I I know there's this unified field of consciousness in which everything is connected. So eventually this will all be able to like weave together in an interesting way if I just stick with it. And Mm. for a long time, I thought I was writing in a very amateurish way, I guess, because I didn't have that sense of like, linear flow necessarily or like I would collect these pieces and I just wouldn't know what to do with them but I realized like I was just stopping myself from like seeing what connections were already there and, so, and I just assumed that I was doing it wrong mm. because the connection like wasn't apparent for like months or something and I think with this chapter I'm like okay your most important skill as an artist is actually your self-trust yeah. Because without it, you're just going to look at other people's processes and other people's like flow and just assume that you're doing it wrong. Yeah. I don't know if that was like too much of a random. Detail. No,
1: I love it. And it's just, you've just given me loads to think about because, you know, you and I are coming at this from a place of we're working it out, like we're in the trenches. We're figuring out what works for us and how to stick at it. And, how to finish ultimately how to finish a really long piece of written work right like it's not a small task and so I think when you find someone who has done that and their process looks like your process it's just so impactful because when you hear about people how they do things and you're like oh that doesn't I don't like that that doesn't or I haven't succeeded in that way or it feels gross or whatever it feels really Mm -hmm. disheartening so I love that you have found that number one number two I love it because I also have a big collection of fragments and I'm like but what happens in between these (laughs) scenes these little images like what what is what what is it so it's nice to be reminded to just trust like if you keep going and she kind of talks actually about small like just do small things, it all adds up, she says. And right. it's kind of coming back to that place, like if you just keep collecting, it will all add up into a yeah. collection of things that will have some coherence. Totally, and
0: and it's just it's not just you, right? Like it's it's yeah. like you are not in this alone, even if it like feels like you're like writing, if like writing a novel or short stories or nonfiction, it's a, a lot of the times it looks like you're just alone, but you're not really.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: first of all because of that broader awareness or consciousness but also because like there are things in your life that you could just like play off of right like yeah. it doesn't have to be this thing where you're like focused on the page and you're just like you're you're not like divorced from all the o- other aspects of your life mm-hmm. just because you've decided to like sit in a coffee shop and write in your book or something
1: yeah 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 definitely like, like you're still part of the tapestry yes of it all yeah I think because
0: just it's interesting to read about someone who works in film because he'll be working with actors and like props and all these things and it's like you could just do that with fiction too like you know mm. you could just like, look around you and like if you decide you want to put your
1: dog in your book why not yeah literally <laughs> like, he would just you would just create chaos but yeah it's <laughs> yeah yeah definitely and so, what did you? You said you revisited Neil Gaiman's masterclass as well. What did you take from that? Well, I really like what I really like about it
0: is he's not very prescriptive. You know, like it, a lot of it is kind of like permission slips, right? Like mm. you're. I remember him saying like your your style is what you get wrong. <laughs> you know, like when you're <laughs> trying to think of other people, <laughs> uh-huh. I was like, that's gold. But I really like listening to him when he's talking about like when a story wasn't working and what he did to, to kind of shift it so that it would do something different. And then like, it was clear that he was using his own life experience, like the emotional journeys of those life experiences to make the story unstuck. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, I love that.
0: Right. Like instead of taking this like idea that feels outside of you, why not just like use whatever you're experiencing or have experienced to, make the story feel alive for you basically
1: yeah yes and then it's I, I'm what am I trying to say to make it feel alive for you it's like because it is it is alive it like you know what I mean like it's your yeah. it's your living it's really nice exactly and that makes
0: it feel so much so what I really love overall that is like He makes everything feel so simple and so doable. And I think as writers, we often make things really fucking complex. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't need to be. (laughs) That's so true. That's so true. Going back to covering a sense of perspective, was there something that.
1: Yeah, I'm just looking through kind of the bits that I've highlighted. I always like to look back and just see which sentences I've picked up. And there's one where she talks about if we want others to believe in us, Uh We must first be totally committed to ourselves. And I really love that idea of like, I talk, I mean, it's like a real coaching principle as well. And, you know, back yourself and really believing that you have the potential and that you can grow into whatever this kind of creative force you want to be, I guess. And I don't know, I just really, I really, it felt really encouraging to me.
0: Yeah, definitely. And as someone who like, I mean, I feel it's so easy to compare yourself and just look yeah. at other people's journeys and, and say like, oh, am I on the right track or something? But it's like, everyone else is irrelevant. Yeah. That's what I got from that quote.
1: And I really liked like the divining rod she gives with that bit is around, I'm gonna read it, I'm gonna read it out. So she talks about these three points that she wants you to journal on. So yeah. if it wasn't so risky, I would try. If it weren't so conceited, I would try. If it weren't so expensive, I would try. And it's all this idea of that that commitment, right? And like taking risks for yourself, doing things that maybe outwardly do seem conceited. But if, yeah, like if someone else was to do them, you wouldn't, like, I think a really good example that I think is applicable to me right now, like I'm thinking about self-publishing a collection of essays and that feels so Conceited to me. I'm like, who gives a fuck what you have to say? It's kind of that, that like critical voice in my head. And maybe no one does, but maybe that's not the point. Maybe the point is just for me to put it out there, for me to have that process of writing it, finishing it. I don't even know, uploading it to Amazon, self published, like whatever. I don't know technically how you would do it, but do you know what I mean? It's like, for me, that came up top of my, if it wasn't so conceited, this is what I would do. And it also falls into the, Risk. it feels really risky because what if people then what if it changes people's perception of me that I have done that yeah but 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 you hearing me saying that like what's your reaction to that do do I sound conceited like (laughs) I'm kind of looking for reassurance am I horrible no not at all
0: and it it just makes me think it's like funny that we we have these thoughts because it like anyone like I'm listening to you and I'm like that's nonsense like why not you like Uh, yeah right why not I think she
1: even calls that out in the chapter why not
0: yeah yeah and but I think what it comes down it makes me think of like I remember there's this kid in high school who self-published something and all of us in our like creative writing class like I, I remember the attitude generally being like oh who does he think he is like isn't that laughable that he would just like publish something by himself and like what makes him think that this is any good and like I don't like it and like and it's like it's all that kind of like critical those critical voices of like
1: yeah
0: but but our opinion ultimately does not matter right like
1: yeah
0: I mean like at some point someone is not gonna like it but who cares right yeah um, and I think but yeah. like, we that right
1: we're like oh who do I th- who do I think I am yeah totally and the thing that makes me think about and the all the examples she gives around like backing yourself are really that like basically giving yourself permission to put your work in the world without the need of an external gatekeeper or validating institution to Mm -hmm. do it so she talks about like just hire, hire that space for your show get that gallery and put your paintings up in it hire that gallery space Round up your friends, put on a show yourself, self-publish. She does kind of bring that up, and and I, it really hit a chord with me because so much of the idea of being a successful creative, actually, the way I have thought about it before, but it's shifting, is very much, oh, they they have been approved by the establishment, or like, you know what I mean, like, yeah, yeah, and like
0: so many of the greats were not approved by the establishment,
1: For sure, but like right.
0: Walt Whitman self-published and wrote his own
1: reviews (laughs) I mean that's iconic honestly right you're just like
0: I have to have that level of belief in myself like I mean obviously like he was really talented (laughs) too but like if you're putting in the effort for your craft and you're like I don't know if you believe you have something to share it it feels wrong to withhold that right like it feels it feels not generous to withhold it in a way so you're, you're doing the generous thing by, by putting it out there at all. And like it doesn't off, like often it doesn't matter what the quality of the work is in terms of like critical reception, right like what the critics think is worth reading, because things will resonate with who it resonates with, and it's kind of not our job to to manage all of that right but like it's so easy to forget like I forget all the time and I I constantly have thoughts like oh who do you think you are and I think maybe that's just part of the human experience that you just kind of have to I read this article recently maybe you can I can link it to it in the show notes of like dealing with self-doubt as a writer mm-hmm. and they did such a great job of breaking it down but the bottom line was like every writer has a a shit ton of self-doubt <laughs> it's like it's this weird phenomenon where we are constantly having to I don't know filter out these thoughts like mm-hmm. decide whether we're going to pay attention to them or not but they're just kind of always there mm. and that just felt like a relief to me but going back to what you were saying I really like that part too and before she before the divining rod she says what would I be willing to do for someone I love yeah and I thought that was such a great reframe for it too because Mm -hmm. it's there's so much that we would celebrate in others and then if we were to do that exact thing we would have all this doubt yeah why Mm -hmm. yeah it suddenly feels like it suddenly feels different and I don't know what it is what do you think
1: yeah and I think it's because it's coming from a place of love and then with and I think it kind of comes back to this idea of doing it properly and mm. the image I have in my head is like how much like the parent receiving the child's drawing from school. And it's obviously <laughs> a bit shit, but there's so much love directed towards the fact that it even exists. And that's mm. kind of how I read that idea of like, if inside me, I have like the parent and the child, which is very transactional analysis for anyone who's interested. What would, and it was a, like a proud parent who's really proud of like, the random stuff that I'm just producing what lengths Mm. would that parent go to to encourage me and to cheer me on and create a space for me to do that and it's like how can I do that for myself
0: yeah yeah it's so true and it's it's like how do I be how do I how do I embody unconditional love for myself
1: Mm. I mean that is the question bam (laughs) episode over (laughs) we're done here we're done here (laughs) so what Um, what else do we want to talk about i
0: i well i so she talks so much about how we're not alone and unpartnered in our desire to make art she says yeah and our dreams may feel thwarted when in reality they are being tempered we are Mm. being shaped to fit a divine purpose we can cooperate
1: or we can resist and i just love that line so much I, i i underlined the same one it's just so good isn't it and that whole section when she's talking about creativity you know it's knowing when to go forward and when to retreat and it goes back to this idea she has throughout about having multiple projects on the go at once so that when inspiration dries up in one place or when a project is facing a blockage of any kind whether it's inspiration or like she's talking about a place you can't get funding for she's like mm. well you've got other other work the best cure for something not going to plan is just doing diff- is just doing work on something else and and i really liked that in here as well yeah work on something else for a while she says I'm like great mm-hmm. <laughs> multiple things it's, great. yeah exactly <laughs> and that feels good as well because we really live in a world that celebrates the specialist and that idea of like deep focus on one thing and and it makes me feel I have felt so many times in my life like I'm wrong because I have a lot of things on the go that don't necessarily correlate I'm feeling it acutely at the moment like I have a coaching business and I'm working more and more with businesses and you know companies and organizations but I also want to write my little notebook on you know mental health my little essay book and I have my fantasy novel do you know what I mean I feel like those things feel really disconnected and actually when I just come back to kind of what she's saying it's just all part of me and when one thing gets stuck I can work on the other and vice versa and hopefully they can all be like feed feed each other in some way I don't know exactly how yet but it's something I'm thinking about how do those different parts of me connect kind of a tangent
0: right no I mean it's so relevant because it's like you have to you have to kind of accept that those things are just an extension of you and like your Mm -hmm. your desire an expression of your like excitement and so it's all part of the same thing kind of like you were saying you can't yeah. like obviously you can't do everything at once right so we have to kind of accept that like if we're picking up one aspect of thing something that feels like exciting and doable right now or like immediate then eventually we'll there will be space for the other thing yeah. down the line but but yeah so i think that's like that's like another thing of self-trust right <laughs> it's like mm. you kind of have to trust the unfolding of your life yeah and i, I struggle with that all the time because i'm like I think, I think what it comes down to for what, what it comes down to it for me is how do I know that I'm making progress versus like procrastinating, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how do I know that I'm not just putting off certain risks because I don't feel, feel ready, even though I am ready.
1: That feels really big. That feels really
0: meeting. (laughs) I mean, I think she talks about something similar okay so she says so much of a creative life is knowing when to go forward and when to retreat in her section on ebb and flow Mm. it's like oh my god that's so relatable and how do you know and it's like you kind of just have to test it out and that's the annoying answer
1: (laughs) yeah it's all about just like poke it and see what happens we have this like expression in our family about like poking the bear which is when you go and do something risky and I feel like so it's it's kind of this isn't it you just have to see but it's not very comforting which is why I love her chapter on safety so much if you've not listened to that episode go and listen to it because it it's got so many good tools for taking those risks I think and did you try anything when you think about the risks that you feel like maybe you're procrastinating like have you used any of her tools to help? with that okay so here's
0: what I started doing lately and I think this chapter has really helped me get to that point where like I just decided that I'm going to commit to writing four mornings a week Mm -hmm. for two hours in the morning and sorry what was that what how did you frame the question again
1: it was something about because you were talking about the risks that you're you you can't tell if you're procrastinating taking the risk or if actually it's just time to pause that piece of work and I was just wondering if you've used any of her tools or anything from like the sense of safety chapter to help you oh from the sense of safety chapter or from this one Um, I guess
0: well I liked I liked the exercise that you were talking about that if it weren't so risky and so I made all these like lists of if it it wasn't so scary if it wasn't so overwhelming if it wasn't so expensive Mm -hmm. and that helped me realize like okay there are things that I can That are totally within my control like I can just set aside two hours in the morning to write from six to eight and I don't need to like have a word count I don't need to whatever just like I'm just like sitting there Mm -hmm. (laughs) with the option to either write or stare out the window Mm -hmm. and that's that's it and that I think that felt risky for me because I I just thought oh well what if I'm not like focused enough what if I'm working on this thing that isn't Quite ready to be worked on like uh, what if I'm just like forcing it and I think I realized okay I'm not maybe I'm not forcing it I'm just creating space for the news to show up <laughs> right? yeah mm-hmm. like if I don't create the actual container for it it's not gonna it's not gonna just magically happen or it might but it might happen like every month or so you know mm. and so it felt risky because I just I don't have like word counts that I want to meet I don't have like particular things that I'm trying to finish like I would like to finish certain stories I would like to continue working on my novel but I'm just going to show up and see what happens and yeah. that's like an act of trust for me
1: yeah definitely what about you right did you yeah. have something in mind from the safety chapter no not really I was just kind of thinking about it but it's it's interesting. I haven't written in so long and I feel like this process of going through finding water is, it, I just feel like it's equipping me to go like get back into the fray almost. Do you know what I mean? Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm putting armor on, is that the right word? But I feel like I'm getting tools and yeah, yeah. some defenses, I suppose. And, and I have been feeling, as the weeks have gone on like more and more inspired and I guess more and more faith to get back into writing and having some and having commitment to it, I suppose. And I think the prompts are, can be really challenging. Like, you know, yeah. Like if it wasn't, if it wasn't so risky, what would you do? And I think there is a real, one of the biggest risks is just is, is, is planning to tough it out and to get it done because it for me that feels like a really big risk because what if I guess what if I do finish then what you know it's like oh god then what then I have to share it I guess Mm -hmm. and if I don't share it does that mean it's all been a waste it's all been for nothing I don't know it sounds like pretty dark it's something I kind of suddenly gets really like really bleak when I think about it so yeah well maybe
0: maybe you have to kind of allow it to not be like a book yet you know like think of it as like that first draft that that is not it's not anything it's like you're just you're just writing it to like write it you're, you're yeah. exploring it on the page and it doesn't need to be I think there's too much self-consciousness of like someone is going to look at this at some point and it's like yeah. you yeah. need to put that pressure on yourself
1: and I think and it's worth
0: doing if no one looks at it
1: yeah and that's it's kind of coming back to that because because it's I want to know what happens and I haven't felt that for a while I've just kind of felt like oh I don't have time for this I don't have space but it's kind of I feel like I'm coming back to it and I'm having ideas again and that those real really powerful hits of inspiration that you get sometimes you know when you just have this real clarity like oh my god it's this mm-hmm. you know and I've just been I've been having more of those and it feels really exciting and, and it's it given feel, me faith though-
0: does it feel, though, that that is the way it's supposed to be all
1: the time? Because... I think that would be quite tiring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's kind of... I also think each little bolt kind of can see you through for quite a long time on the excitement mm-hmm. of it. True. So I guess it's maybe not about feeling inspired. For me, not feeling inspired all the time and always having those, like, electric shocks of inspiration because it would be a really, really intense. <laughs> but to have them a- enough of a regular frequency that I don't just completely dry up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. That's, that's the balancing act. Mm.
1: Yeah. Maybe I'll ask for it. How about that? I, really- I will practice what she suggests and I will ask for inspiration yeah. at regular intervals, but not too regular.
0: <laughs> right, right. Cause then you're like the all the all the insights like pile up and you're like, I'm not actually acting on this. So yeah, it just yeah, yeah. The, wrong yeah
1: again. Totally. And do you know I this is not related to what she talks about, but if you must have heard that thing of like if you have an idea but you don't act on it, it goes to someone else. So <laughs> you know, if you ever felt like you have a brilliant concept and then you don't do anything about it and two years later it's like a Netflix drama, I, f- I feel like I'm so afraid. Of not being the person to tell this story. That if I don't, do you know what I mean? I have this thing of I'm like, this is this this is for me, and that's really been kind of stoking the fire to keep going as well, because I I don't want that to happen with this one. I don't wanna I don't want it to go back into the inspiration ether and be given to someone else. That would break my little heart. Oh. Well, but I don't think I don't think these are like exclusive
0: rights, right? People (laughs) recycle ideas all the time. Yeah, yeah. You would probably put yours out, and even if it's similar to the premise of someone else's, like it would come out later. It would be a whole different thing. It is like that's like it's like a funny thing that we put pressure on ourselves. (laughs) Yeah, right. It's like it doesn't need to be this big drama of like I got to get it done on time. Yeah, um, yeah. Unless someone else gets it. I mean, they might already have it anyway. Right?
1: Literally. <laughs> what
0: are you going to oh. do now? Yeah, exactly. Anyway. But I I mean, like, I wanted to, I've been wanting to do, like, a retelling of a kind of goddess goes un- to the underworld story so many times. And, I mean, I have told people about it so many times and the reaction is always, like, oh, like, Persephone. And, like, if I, I, I just decided, like, I don't care if this person, this story has sort of been done like a million times. They're not my story, and yeah. So, and so it's worth me writing because I know mine is good.
1: And do you know <laughs> and what? You that knowing the the goddess goddess in the underworld concept and Persephone specifically, Persephone and Hades is so in right now, and I love it. And I would read and watch and consume every single version <laughs> because there is something so compelling about. Mm-hmm that concept and i i specifically love that it's women taking one of the most i guess well-known stories of like kidnap and rape and turning it into like empowerment and romance do you know what i mean like i don't know i feel like it's fascinating and i love it yeah. and i could speak about it at length
0: right right yeah and it's interesting because when i was reading women who run with the wolves she was saying actually the earliest version of that myth is not the rape and mm. you know, kidnapping. It's like a different thing. And I'm like, that just made me think like, there, oh, there's so back. many layers of this like mm. mythology, and we're just constantly recreating it. And what do we want to recreate now?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and what does it say about us now? And what does it say about, you know, womanhood now? And yeah, it's so meaty. It's so meaty. I can't wait to read your version. Oh thanks. But what were we talking about earlier? I want to mention this exercise that
0: she does that was related to connecting with your with your muse, I guess. Your great artist.
1: Yeah, she I think has she one. talks about yeah. I'm just trying to find it because she's got one that's like talking to your trainer. Oh yeah, that one's a good one too. But then there's um, another one. Oh yeah, conscious contact. It's on page. Yeah. 119 in my book uh, 199 right. even wow number failed yeah okay so perfect we should just talk about both right because they kind yeah, of pair well together. so okay so
0: she's saying to list five things you could do to improve your conscious contact with with god consciousness the universe higher self whatever you want to call it your muse Mm -hmm. and what helps you through your bleak periods. And Mm -hmm. then the other one is you are asked to write a letter to your artist from your trainer. So you're asked to like look at the ways that in which your care of your artist could be improved. And I just love these because it's like, it's just such useful prompts to get in touch with that that part of yourself without having to feel like you're like channeling through automatic writing or something like it's just Mm -hmm. a softer approach
1: yeah i i I love the idea of like writing from a point of view of like a character that's part of you um Mm -hmm. yeah super super fun and i also love her idea that the artist is like a child that you need to bribe and the trainer (laughs) is kind of the 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 adult in the room yeah how did you how did you find it i really liked it i really liked i
0: i feel like i made a list of things that our trainer recommended that my artist do and often it was kind of like very basic things that i would just normally overlook their value because i would just think oh well it's i kind of just need to get to work but it's like it's like one of the things that came to me was like find what makes you feel in love excited passionate and just contemplate that first like Mm -hmm. don't jump into something find the juice first find that those that feeling place first Mm -hmm. and then do whatever it is
1: that you intended to do at that time Mm
0: -hmm. and it makes it so much easier but it's so easy to forget
1: yeah yeah there's so much pressure to just start and like start get into it and actually like figuring out a warm-up that feels good for you yeah is just yeah Sounds like a and lovely idea. It's like really
0: stupid of, not stupid, but like really small things. Like I'm so excited about this new notebook I got. Like
1: Oh I'm my goodness. Really excited about it. So yeah. why not think about that first? For sure. Hey, speaking of notebooks, I did get the A4. I got oh. some crappy A4 notebooks for morning pages and it has literally made the world of difference.
0: Yeah? So have yeah. you so you've been doing
1: morning pages now? Every day. Wow, it is such a shift, really?
0: yeah. what so what 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 changed it for you,
1: other than like the page size? I just think she's so right. Like psychologically, there is something about the space
0: mm-hmm.
1: of the of the physical page and just writing three. and I haven't written three pages every day. Like, please, come on, let's not. let's not let's not pick <laughs> around here. Yeah, but I have written something every day. Um, and okay. it just feels so much easier to just get stuff off my brain. And the other thing I've been doing, you know, we spoke about needing a prompt sometimes because just arriving, it just feels sometimes I just I, I'm like, oh, I'm not interested if all I'm going to do is just be like, oh, yeah, I need to do the dishes. Like, yeah, I know I need to do the dishes. I don't really want to use my journaling time, my morning pages time to write about mon- like super, super mundane Stuff that's not interesting to me. So, the thing I've been starting with is where are you today? That's been my like daily prompt. And it's just been like, where are you? And what's going on? And it feels really, really good because it has helped every day to get perspective, which is so timely for considering the week, obviously, that we're doing. And Mm. it's just helped me to be like, situate myself, like, where am I? What is going on? and using the pages to explicitly ask for help for whatever I need from, you know, whatever this kind of idea of the something, the something, capital S, something else, the big something. And it just feels really lovely and really supportive. And it reminds me when I was a teenager, cause like we were, we were brought up going to the church, like good Christians. And it's like something I really abandoned. It was, you know, it was not the one for me. So I really struggle. I can't use the word God in the way that like Julia Cameron does. Cause it's too, yeah, it's too much. I mean. It's too much for me. It doesn't work.
0: <laughs> I, not... I can't use the word God either. That's why I keep saying like consciousness, the universe. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly.
1: It just, it's too. Complex. It's too much baggage. It's, yeah. That's spot on. That's spot on. But it does, it does feel, there's a really nice feeling of surrendering basically all my problems on the page in the morning and being like, You know, it feel it does make me feel like I don't have to go it alone, and it's a really wild experience psychologically to feel that after morning pages. Not again, not every day. Like this is not like a, you know, everything's magic. But it there are there have definitely been moments this week where I've been like, okay, I can just ask for some help on that in my morning pages, and then I'll feel better. Yeah, and I have.
0: Oh, I'm so glad that you said that because that is also, I mean, I, first of all, I love your question of asking yourself, where am I? I feel like that's such a great question of just like, let's just orient ourselves. Yeah.
1: It's so good. I cannot recommend it enough as a journaling prompt.
0: Yeah. And yeah, I'm going to try it. And I kind of landed in the similar place as you, where I use morning pages as like a place to ask for guidance, the way she suggests Mm-hmm. And I guess it kind of feels like automatic writing after a certain point after like I've gotten through all the, the mundane bullshit that just like floats around in your head. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But I really have been using a lot of the the prompts that we talked about last time, like oh, just like yeah. things, like phrases or whatever that she uses or like from other things and using that as a diving in point. And sometimes I'll just like do that throughout the day if I'm feeling stuck on something. Like I I don't think I'm like very good at. Doing morning pages in the actual morning sometimes. Sounds
1: <laughs> <Because laughs> very relatable. So many things,
0: yeah, there's just so many things I want to do. Like, I like meditating sometimes. I like, there are other ways that I find to like orient myself, I guess, or like center mm-hmm. myself. And I like having it as just like one trick in my bag. <laughs> yeah. That I can just pull out whenever I need it. Yeah. Definitely. Was there anything else that we found really helpful in this chapter or unexpected? I like that, the, so there is one section where she talks about do a little and that's the yeah. idea of bare minimums that we've talked about before.
1: Yeah, and the, you know, it all adds, it, it adds up that whole kind of concept and yeah. she talks about like not setting yourself up to fail. She doesn't use those words but like that's the concept of if you ask too, like don't ask too much of yourself or too much right. of your inner artist because it hates not succeeding and then won't want to come back. That kind of, that's kind of what I took away from it. Like if you ask too yeah. much of yourself and you can't do it, it's so much harder than to try again.
0: Yes, totally. And it's, it's hilarious how much I resist that. Like, I'm always just like, I'm going to get, you know, this many words in and I really don't want to set the goal for like 200 words. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, does that, does that happen to you? Or- yes. yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. She said the trick is setting the jumps low enough that our artists can be lured into action. And I think that's so key, right? Like I love what she uses the word lured into action because it's really just about making yourself feel like, Oh, I'm not really doing anything.
1: Yeah. Right. For sure. Do you know what the thing that just popped into my head then about that luring your artist into action? I feel like for me, there's definitely something about Pinterest and mood boards And like, Mm. I'll just, I'll just find a little, a little image for this character or for this place. And, and that's a really, I think I haven't tried it yet, but I wonder if that'll be a really nice way for me to lure myself into action. Kind of what you were saying about sitting with the things that you love before actually starting the writing.
0: Oh, that's such a good idea. And I had this other thing popped in my head while you were saying that it would also be cool to use it as maybe like if you found the image, maybe took take some notes. I mean, I'm talking about myself, but you obviously are welcome to try to of like taking notes to myself of, oh, this is what makes me think this character is like this. And then and then it just sort of grows from there. Mm-hmm. I feel like that that could be like a fun way of luring yourself into action. Definitely. Instead of it just, just being a Pinterest board, which I think I get stuck in a lot where if I'm collecting things on Instagram that are related to the story or whatever, it will just become this thing that I'm like collecting but not really necessarily doing
1: anything with it. Yeah. It's really, yeah, that's really that's a really good point. And I think like, oh, what was I gonna say? Oh, it's gone. Never mind. It'll come back. (laughs) Oh yes. Okay. So you know we're talking about collecting prompts for journaling. Mm -hmm. I wondered if I would use be able to use my Kindle highlights as prompts. Because those are like little scraps of text that I've collected for years and years and years that are just like logged somewhere in my yeah. Goodreads or something. So I went and had a look, and it didn't kind, it didn't really work. I don't think for journaling prompts. But what it did inspire me is mm. as a like a little warm up for myself is taking taking some of my things that I've highlighted from whatever I've read and seeing if I can imitate it in some way. And this mm-hmm. is like Stephen King talks about it in on writing, about imitating in order to learn yeah. and how much he did that. He was learning how to write. And it's not something I've ever really given myself permission to do or time or space to do. And mm-hmm. I'm, reading prior of the, uh, bleh, I'm reading The Priory of the Orange Tree by Samantha mm-hmm. Shannon at the moment. And it is absolutely brilliant. I can already tell it's going to be like a five-star situation. And mm-hmm. I've been highlighting bits from that book to be like, go back and look at this. Like, look at how she's described this character or this place or this moment and understand like, what, what, she, what's she doing? How has that worked? Why does it worked so well? And what can I do? What can I steal? Like, what can I take and learn and imitate? So yeah, I wonder if that'll be a nice way to learn myself in as well yeah. with a little exercise.
0: That sounds so nice because it feels like you're just having a conversation with what you're reading. Yeah. You're like- it doesn't have to feel like it's this big project. You set, a, set aside time to like learn how to write. You're just, yeah. you're just learning as you go.
1: Yeah. And it reminds me of reading like a writer, which we need to do an episode on because it feels yeah. really, really, I just want to talk about that. And that's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. Definitely doing an episode on that. <laughs> it's yeah. so
0: useful and it's yeah. so not taught. It's like, that's like the only book I can think of on that subject. Maybe yeah. George Saunders' new book is a bit like that, but not quite.
1: Anyway, mm. it's
0: for another time. But yeah, overall, I this was a super helpful chapter. And yeah. I really liked the emphasis on like basically
1: self-coaching, right? Yeah. And just, and I think it's a, it was a blend for me, this chapter on don't be so hard on yourself. <clears throat> like what could you do if you gave yourself permission to take risks, to do things that may seem conceited etc cetera, etc cetera. so it's kind of like don't be so hard on yourself remember that you're not going it alone you know tap into your spirituality for that support and mm. take it one step at a time is kind of what I took away from this chapter which in a way I feel like is the whole book but do you know what yeah. I mean it's-
0: <laughs> so true that was a very good summary and also yeah pretty much the whole book is about that but what's great about it is every section seems like there's there's like a little nugget that you can take from every section yeah and i and think, I think so much
1: of it, yeah no no you go
0: oh so much of it is like you feel like she's like holding your hand through it right like mm-hmm. at, she was saying at one point we must believe there's a divine path of goodness ahead in its unfolding when we are rejected we must ask what next and not why me it's um, mm. so like but those little small passages i think helped so much in feeling like you know it's so easy to fall into self doubt or to fall into things are not going how they're supposed to go and yeah. here's a reason why to keep the faith
1: so. yeah and i think the book is repetitious but i think it it's because everything bears repeating <laughs> yeah like all of it bears repeating because it's it's the kind of thing that is so easy to say for to, to you know, so easy to write, you know, a little at a time will add up, but it's so, it feels so difficult to do in practice for so many reasons, right? In our psyche, holding us back. So to have a book where she just reiterates a few key, but essential ideas and reiterates them in lots of different ways. I'm just finding it so useful. And is last, is next week our last week? Because we were, I think we just said we are going to do six weeks. <laughs> I can't believe it. Oh my God, I'm in shock. No way! I, <laughs> I can't know. believe it. What? Which? Which one? Which
0: one should we do? That's a good question. Do you, should we end where she ends? A sense of perseverance. Let's do it because that's the that's the subtitle of the book. So
1: yeah, right.
0: <laughs> I feel like maybe we should do it.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And it's so funny that you mentioned like yes, of course it's repetitious, but every week feels new to me because I'm still. Yeah. I'm still navigating it. I'm still, I'll have it down in one area and then something else will happen and I'll have to like learn how to have that self-trust again. Yeah, Yeah.
1: but I think as well, it's important that it is repetitious because that's kind of how you learn, right? We learn by repeating things. We learn through repetition. And each time she repeats an idea, she's coming at it from a different angle and with a different example to illustrate her point. So it's kind of like all of these different, moments where she affirms that this is true it's true you are safe Mm -hmm. to be creative and it feels really comforting
0: yeah that's true and I feel like that's a big part of like just feeling like it's doable it's accessible Mm. and it's not perseverance is not this thing of grinding it out or working really hard or perseverance is a lighter word (laughs)
1: Mm, yeah and 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 also creating and persevering is something it's like practicing repeating isn't it so yeah I love it I love the cyclical sort of feeling that it has and I'm really looking forward to and really sad that it will be the last week uncovering a sense of perseverance I feel like I've taken away so much already just from this like right. the, the ones that we have done. I yeah. feel
0: like I will revisit this like whenever oh, I'm.
1: Yeah. Right. Oh my God. A hundred percent. And I think having done it together, having mm-hmm. someone, I'm like, I need to definitely do it because we're going to talk about it and share our thoughts on the world yeah. wide web. That has <laughs> also really helped to like actually do it. Right. So yeah. Very right. grateful. Same. All right. So I guess
0: we're ending with uncovering a sense of perseverance. Okay. What a journey
1: yeah I'm so excited and I feel like this is yeah ju- the journey continues <laughs> definitely and we will see you all next time with episode six uncovering a sense of perseverance bye pals bye